It's Mario, it's Murray, and it's time for more Mississippi State football talk here in the Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Doghouse, where we talk Bulldog football, and thanks to our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm your host, David Murray, and he's the All-American Bulldog and nine-season NFL linebacker, Mario Hagan. Mario, a much better frame of mind this week after Mississippi State just took care of business against Bowling Green, and no, beating a Bowling Green does not make up for losing to an LSU because of what it does to your conference standing, but it's always good to get that win and to do it basically as efficiently as they took care of things. Not as consistent as Coach Mike Leach or, Leach or we want, but still a win is a win and a pretty impressive win in some aspects. Well, yeah, the, the one column every weekend you want to move forward in numbers, and that's the win column. It doesn't matter if it's Bowling Green or a Green Bowler Greens. Uh, you want that win <laughs> column to go up each week. And so that's what Mississippi State was able to accomplish. I mean, uh, of course – it's not in Auburn. It's not in Alabama. It's not an LSU team, but it's a win. So uh, Mississippi State, they came out and did what they were supposed to do, that take care of an opponent and win, win the game that you're supposed to win. Now they got a huge test coming up with this, uh, a Texas A&M team that looked to have found some momentum on Saturday night against the Arkansas Razorbacks. You know, we asked Mike Leach about momentum, and he says, yes, momentum is a thing, but he also said that it's like so much now in modern-day sports. You know, you and I are from the era when we really believed in things like momentum, but now it's like each week is such a new and different beast, whether it's college, pro, even high school. Sometimes I wonder, do players, never mind coaches, carry anything from week to week, or do they just almost like open a new book each week and forget everything that happened except for fixing, you know, issues or injuries, things like that. I still believe in the, the term momentum going into the season, going into a game, uh, going coming after halftime, maybe being down or having a big play that changes a losing situation maybe at the time. Uh, guys, I, I think the great ones know how to program from week to week. Uh, coming off a loss, program themselves to get back on track to understand that that was just last week. And even the great ones, the great team, the great players, the great coaches understand even after a victory, there are still things that need to be worked on, still things that didn't go right. And so, uh, again, the great ones just know how to prepare. So all of that, in my mind, is a part of what we call the momentum and going week to week, understanding the task at hand. Exactly. And now Mississippi State continues its homestand uh, three weeks, longest of the season. We're in the middle of it. And it's the battle of the Adidas brands. The two teams in maroon and white will be on Scott Field at three o'clock this uh, Saturday afternoon. Mario, did you have a chance to watch Texas A&M in Arkansas? Because I specifically got my game story and report done from Bowling Green <clears throat> and raced home as fast as I could because I, I wanted to watch that game. And I'll tell you what. It was like two completely different games in there and one defensive play. I know this. You had to enjoy that part when it looked like one of the teams was going to totally dominate. The other team made one defensive play against an admittedly kind of foolish decision by the quarterback of Arkansas. And the entire game changed. I think the mindsets of both teams changed entirely. Just watching the body language from a television screen. Momentum. <laughs> we talk about momentum. You got an Arkansas football team that I think at the time 
they were maybe up, what, 13 to nothing or maybe 13 to seven. And they're driving inside the five-yard line. And you got a veteran quarterback in K.J. Jefferson, who's uh, who's been the upstart guy that led this team so far. And he goes, he, they snap the ball. He tries his best, as, as K.J. Jefferson does, to get in the end zone. But what he doesn't do, everybody knows the Cardinals said, you can never, never, ever stretch that football out in traffic <laughs> in a defense. And so he fumbled the ball, and AM defensive player picks it up and takes it all the way back. David, you talk about game-changing play, momentum, back-breaking, just giving it all in. Now, it, it didn't necessarily break Arkansas's back as far as the way they played, but it definitely changed the momentum of that game and probably the momentum of the season for both teams, Arkansas and Texas A&M. I think it very much did, and uh, I know you as an old defensive dog had to like the fact that Yes, one guy recovers the fumble and he gets tied up in the side. And by the way, you notice only one Arkansas player was involved with trying to stop the guy returning it. The rest of the offensive team just kind of stood around. There's six Aggies over there trying to make a play. And one guy comes from the far side of the field to take that handoff and go the rest of the way. So the Aggie defense was dialed in right then and Arkansas just kind of let it go. I just... I can imagine what the coach Pittman had to say to his bunch after just that one example of the play wasn't over. I don't care what it looked like. And, you know, you, I know you saw that happen at all levels of football, but that's yeah. a reminder until those officials blow that whistle and sometimes blow it two or three times, you keep playing. Yeah. You, you just can't stop. A play is never over until it's over. They always use the fat lady sing, but I want the fat ref to blow the whistle. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that he he has to be the guy to stop. And, and that, that's the Cardinal saying to not finish a play. But obviously, uh, Coach Pittman had to have gotten on his defensive unit because the rest of the game, they kept the team in within striking distance of, of Texas A&M. They kept them within striking distance of winning the football game. And somehow – we talk about every week, David, that three phases have to come across to help you win a football game. That's defense, offense, and special team. And to be honest with you, you got to kind of pin that one on special team. Regardless of the big play, regardless of the offensive struggles in the second half or AM defense playing better, it still came down to a field goal opportunity late. And College kickers. College, College kickers. College <laughs> Pro youth league, <laughs> every kicker on every level is struggling right now. And so, again, the great teams, they find ways to win in all three phases. And special teams, you hate depending on one person, but that was a big letdown and a huge game in SEC play. And of course, we saw a special teams breakdown at LSU. Um, I, and yes, the Tigers had built up a head of steam there, and State was just desperately hanging on to a lead. But when State fumbles the punt inside the 10 yard line, that game's momentum utterly changed as well. Um, what is not changing is that Bet Online is your fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, which is winding down the season now. And I'm sure you, like me, are watching Aaron Judge chasing that home run record for the Yankees. You have the National Football League in Fuel Fury right now, the NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and yes, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. 
Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV, all caps B L E A V, 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And if you like what you're hearing here, give us a rating on Apple Podcast. All right. AM survives. They win the game, and now they're coming in. It, it's a really interesting team. Now, make that it's an interesting program. And I know you live out there in Texas now. I've been to AM several times for games, uh, also baseball. And you talk about a passionate fan base. It's almost a cult-like involvement in their football team, which can be both good and can be challenging for the people trying to run that program. I guess one way to put it, Mario, is uh, all those dollars pumped into it means there's way too many Chiefs trying to run one program out there. Well, uh, A&M, the biggest story has been the NIL deals, right? Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. The, the, the ranking of the recruiting class, the NIL, Jimbo Fisher's huge contract that at this moment he may not be living up to. So, yes, there are a lot of guys trying to run the program rather than the guys that are within the football program, meaning the coaches, the coaching staff, the training staff, and those guys. So there's a lot of problem looming, a lot of issues that could be taken advantage of this weekend, and that's up to Mississippi State to find what that is, to find that advantage point. And, and, and use it this weekend. Uh, A&M is coming off a huge comeback, come from behind win uh, against uh, Arkansas. They'll be ready to play. The question is, will Mississippi State be ready to play? Yes, and that's a question that will have to be answered, certainly on the field, but I think in practice as well. And we talked to some defensive guys yesterday, and they seem to be in a pretty good mindset about it. And they've we and we'll look at it from that angle. Um, Dog defense against uh, Texas A&M offense. We'll start there. You know, Jimbo Fisher, I keep uh, hearing the commentators talk about his reputation as an offensive coach, but frankly, his offense has kind of been the weaker link uh, many times in recent years since he came to College Station. I I hear some describe it as still being a little old-fashioned offense, like he still wishes he had Jameis Winston out there running it for him. Maybe that's why he stuck with guys like Kellen Mond too long or Haynes King to start this season. And now he's putting Max Johnson out there, um, former LSU quarterback who did throw three touchdowns against State last year. Good throws, sure, but great big breakdowns in coverage. So I'm not sure what to think about this Texas A&M offense, Mario. They're they're not very explosive from what you would see from a quarterback standpoint. They're not – the quarterback is not in the likes of a C.J. Stroud or or, or a Bryce Young at Alabama or not even a Will Rogers at Mississippi State, who by whom, by the way, I think is a great quarterback, one of the best in the nation. So you have to rely on the running game. And so last week, uh, A-Chain – David, remind me of his first first name. Devin A-Chain. Devin A-Chain. There you go, baby. Devin A-Chain, Devin A-Chain. Either way, this (laughs) kid is running the football – the way he's supposed to, the way he ran the football against Arkansas has to have you wondering if you're Zach Arnett, how do we stop this guy? Well, you know, he's the key to the game. Then they relied on him heavily the last couple of games. And I don't expect them to do or be much different this game. And when you got a guy that's running like that and a defense that's been playing the way they've been playing, you got to put the ball in Devin A. Chain's hand and hope that he can lead you to the promised land. But, you know, State, yes, they gave up a lot of yards last year to Isaiah Spiller for A&M, who was their lead dog back at that time. Yet State still won the game. He got his yards, but he didn't get the big points. He didn't get many of the great big breakaway runs. They had some 40-yard breaks, but still nothing that really blew the game open for them because State was just able to make 
barely enough stops to keep it under control. And I think AM got frustrated last year. Well, now you have Devin A. Chain, who is good. I don't know if he's in the class with Spiller, but he's still a very good back. But it just looks to me like this is something of a kind of a traditional play action running game offense. And frankly, Zach Arnett's defenses have generally played pretty well against those type offenses. Yeah, I, I mean, you got a formula for both teams right there. You got J- uh, Jimbo, who, who, even regardless of the ranking of his recruiting classes, which probably most of them are not on the field, especially from the 2022 class, uh, maybe even the 2021 class, right? You don't have a lot of them on the field. So he probably understands, which, you know, he doesn't have that kind of talent to explosively break the game open. You get a guy, you play ball control ball control football, you run the clock. If you can get up a couple scores, you got a defense that's been playing relatively well. So I don't see a problem for the most part. The expectation of having this uh, air raid offense or having this RPO uh, scoring 40, 50 points a game, that's that's never been Jimbo's style. If you look at uh, even at Florida State, he just happened to have an anomaly and having Jameis Winston that one year that could really get the ball down the field, had a great team at Florida State. But historically, over the past five or six years or even his whole career, he has not had many explosive offenses. Maybe I don't know it, know everything, but Jimbo Fisher is part for the course in ball control offense and keep him out of the but don't break defense. Certainly that uh, style can win the big games. They proved last year beating Alabama, but it can lose games they're not supposed to as well. And I'm going to say this, Mario, and, and I'm sure watching Bowling Green, you saw something that, again, raises – I like – Zach Arnett's schematics. I think he's putting people in the right places. If I had to point to one thing that worries me about state's defense right now, they're not really tackling all that well, especially at the line of uh, safety positions. They're, they're not getting guys down on first contact quite often enough. And a chain is a guy who can definitely take advantage of that. If you get a shot at him, you'd better put him down. Listen, man, listen, SEC defense, playing the defense against an SEC caliber team or an SEC team versus the Bowling Green or Memphis or maybe even Arizona. I'm still, 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 Dave, and I have to say still again, wondering what the hell Mississippi State is going to be like on Saturday. Uh, A-chain, you you talk about uh, three three wins. Again, you got to win them all. But I want to see it done. I I want to see the complete game against an SEC opponent. I think AM is better than LSU, in my opinion. I think Mississippi State will win the game, but I'm not looking for the dub. I'm looking for the momentum after this game. What would the good the, the great teams start to get better? They put it together and you see the momentum. I'm looking for the small things, the tackling, not blowing coverages, holding teams to less than 21 points. It's hard to hold a team less than 21 points. But if you can manage that with this style of offense, then I'll start to have the confidence. And Mississippi State as a team, Mississippi State as a defense to be able to compete week in and week out in the SEC. And the defense will still be without Jaden Crumity this weekend. I'm told he may be back in time for Alabama, which means he'll still have two months of rust to knock off as well. So you play what you've got right now. You certainly got a good core in uh, Cameron Young. I thought Nathan Pickering picked up his game a little bit this past weekend, but guys like Randy Charlton, they have to really – you know, he's a converted in now playing tackle. He's got to play, make more tackle type plays in there. Uh, your outside linebackers, Tyrus Sweet and those guys, they've got to, you know, 
they're not going to have to worry about contain as much this week. That's one thing. You're not going to have a quarterback who's going to run all over the world out there. So that's one less worry. Give him room. He can run all over the world. I mean, if you play bad defense, any quarterback well, can look like Michael Vick can play bad <laughs> defense. So they, they just do your job is, is the biggest thing. Do your job, make the tackle. And if you get up, don't, don't, don't uh, relax. I think a lot of people fall, they get up, and then they start relaxing depending on the offense too much instead of continuously attacking and bury and burying the opposing offense. I think you're onto something because that, uh, and even coach Leach pointed out that this team seems to have those third quarter lulls. Well, you look at the Memphis game, the Arizona game, Bowling green game, they're dominating for a whole half. They score early in the third quarter. And like you say, they kind of just let off there and start thinking the offense is going to be easy the rest of the way. All of a sudden, maybe you don't score on a drive and then it's a ball game again. You can't afford that this week. You've got to keep your foot on the gas. And if, even if you don't score, you've got to move the chains and put AM back in a deep field hole because you put them in positive field position, you're playing with fire. Yeah. I, I, again, I trust Will Rogers' six touchdowns last week, six touchdowns against the Bowling Green, or to me, against an SEC opponent, equals about four great touchdowns. And I think that is phenomenal in any situation. I don't care what type of football you play. So you have a guy that can truly move the ball. Why not allow him to keep attacking? It's not always on the defense. Sometimes it's an offensive uh, regression as well. They I get agree. Up and they're scared to make mistakes. They've gotten 21 points. They've gotten a the lead. Then they start depending on the defense. And play calling doesn't stay aggressive. When you got a guy like Rodgers who's back there chunking the ball around for you, you got Ducking, who we talked last week about finding out the guy. It seems as if Ducking is becoming the guy, right? So you got him, him playing well. You got Tulu Griffin, who started to look, look like the Tulu Griffin that we want to see with the ability that he has. Keep attacking. Don't slow down. If you can score 50 points on AM, put it up. Make Jimbo quit. Do whatever. Just don't let up this week and send a message to the rest of the SEC that the Bulldogs on their way, and when they arrived, they dare to stay. Caleb Ducking had a huge game. I was able to do the uh, duck waddle there a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> fun. That was on the post game. Yeah, it's nice to see players having fun, and I'm glad referees let them do a little of that, maybe not to the extremes, but uh, it's still, it's college ball. Still have a little fun out there, but you mentioned that, you know, the previous week it was Ra-Ra Thomas who made the big plays, Caleb Ducking this week. You mentioned Tulu Griffin getting involved. I hate the tunnel screen. I, I do just do not like that play. It's such a low risk, but against Bowling Green, it worked, and you got Griffin involved in those short throws. But Mario, Mario, explain this. Fans don't often understand and say, well, this guy had a big game last week. Why is he not going to him again? So often, it's about matchups. You know, a Griffin can thrive against a Bowling Green, but maybe those tunnel screens with him aren't going to work against an LSU or an Arkansas. Too fast. The SEC is just too fast. Uh, too, uh, too many athletes, look at the history of the SEC. It's a defensive conference, whether you want to talk about Stetson Bennett, Will Rogers, Jaden Daniels, doesn't matter. You, you can name all good quarterback. Historically, the SEC is a great defensive conference, so you won't make a living throwing two-yard passes, not being able to go downfield, not being able to consistently run the football. And so when you see a guy have a great game against a, a Bowling Green, no disrespect to Bowling Green, but they're still not the same type of athletes that are sitting out, out there as you would against the LSU, regardless of a, a five win or eight win or 10 win. Those are still great athletes. And those guys at any given moment can make big plays. So no, 
you can't make a living in my opinion. I hate it as much as you do, but coaches seem to think it's the hot percentage play. They count it as a run. It looked good on the stats. And 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 generally, it just after a while, go nowhere. It's a, it's a boring thing unless you're playing a bowling green. So, yeah, we have to go downfield more. Mississippi State has to connect downfield more, open up defenses, keep them honest. And if they can do that, again, they will have an opportunity to be a big factor, a major player in the SEC at the end of this season. And I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that was, and I'm going to say down in quotation marks because you have to explain it, yards after the catch were down this past week compared to other games, but that was a good thing because State had big passing yards. Will Rogers against Bowling Green, I stress that again, as you do, he was connecting with guys further downfield than in previous games, so they didn't need the yards after catch. So, But it also showed that they are running different routes now. They're getting guys open against zones or certain types of man defenses for longer connections in the first place instead of having to throw that five- or six-yard pass and make gains after. Both work. But as you point out, if you're making those deeper strikes there, the potential for explosive plays just multiplies. Explosive plays. And that's what the great team do. That's when you see teams put up 45 points, teams that win conference championships, teams that win national championships, teams that win consistently year in and year out. They have guys or they have plays that are explosive. And to me, Listen, I love Mike Lee. That Joe, I played for Joe Lee Dunn, who didn't wear a hat. <laughs> just called it off the top of his dome. Whatever he thought was great for the moment, he did it, which it worked for a long time, and it caught up to people. I'd like to see Mike Leach with more than a, a, a three-by-one piece of paper calling offenses, right? Because there's only so much. It looks, it looks fine. It looks great. It's a great story. It's a great headline on ESPN when you're playing. But when you really think about it, it can't be that many plays that you can call – from a, what maybe be an index card, maybe a little bigger. I'm exaggerating, but my point is, I like this. Mike Leach have more options. Right there. <laughs> so I'll pass this along, and Austin Williams explained it to me back in preseason at SEC Media Days. He said people see that card and see just the list. Said, yeah, there's only a handful of plays on it. Said each of those plays can be run up to a dozen different ways. Mike Leach calls from that dozen plays, but Will Rogers has to work off those dozen varieties and make his reads. And now that you have a guy who's in the middle of his junior year, he's thrown 63 touchdown passes in 26 games. I mean, that's the lifetime of four Mississippi State quarterbacks in your era to do that kind of statistic thing. Totally, totally different era, man. I mean, they, they throw the ball downfield. They got faster, bigger, faster receiver. The game changed a bit, and, and you have to adapt with the game. And my point exactly, Mike Leach began coaching quite some time ago and had the same methodology of calling plays. You have to do things just a bit different nowadays. The game has changed too much to be stuck in uh, uh, Stone Age ways. And so I don't know what Mike Leach card holds. Looking <laughs> at it as a former player and, 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 and as a fan, so to speak, and playing in the NFL and seeing uh, uh, play call sheets as, as big as a, a wall in a house, I just think there's more that he could do to be prepared. David, you, are, you, you can write – People take notes for a reason. They have a big uh, list of notes, big list of things to do because they can forget. So you have to put everything right there. And I do sometimes believe Mike Leach forgets sometimes to reach into a deep bag of play that he had because he's focused on that one little piece. Well, he's got the guy now to do it with in Will, who's developed uh, fully into his career now. He's got a better variety of receivers. Offensive line, now that's going to be a concern this week because Dollarville Johnson went out. Uh, State was able to replace him by sliding 
you know, Nick Young over, I'm sorry, Nick Jones over, but still you want your best line out there because A&M, they're a good defensive front, not great, but good, but their secondary is their strength. So that's going to be the challenge for Rodgers and receivers is attacking that secondary. And by the way, that we got a lot of fans upset that sorry Robertson did not get on the field until late. I tend to think that this is one area where Coach Leach almost mirrors the NFL, where you never play the backup quarterback almost. So maybe he just felt comfortable leaving out there, even with a 45-14 lead kind of thing. So I don't know what goes into it, but it just seems like he's going to stick with his guy and play him the full game. Yeah, sometimes it's just the way the cookie crumbles. I mean, you got a guy's in there, you, you're rolling. You're trying to get a momentum. People don't, like you said, everyone doesn't understand. Mike Leach may have the approach of, hey, we, we, we get started to head into a gruel SEC schedule. So we need Will Rogers to take as many snaps and be as prepared. You may think he's as prepared after playing three games or maybe even two previous seasons, but every game presents a new challenge. Every year presents a new challenge. And maybe Mike Leach saw something that Will Rogers needed to stay in and get more comfortable with his receivers, maybe his timing. So uh, not always the worst thing when you don't see the backup come in. Coaches have their reasons. Absolutely. You hate to call any kind of game in October a must-win, but realistically, to meet the basic expectations of this season after the LSU loss, State's got to win at least two of these next three games, uh, Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Arkansas in between. So the pressure's on. But uh, let's see how the Bulldogs handle that pressure because the Aggies are coming in. They've been disappointed that Appalachian State law still stings. They know they escaped one Arkansas. They're staring at Alabama next week. Yeah, please, guys, go ahead and look ahead to Alabama. Don't even, don't worry about Mississippi State. So it's just this is that time of year when crazy things happen. And, oh, by the way, we're any day now looking for the first coach firing in the SEC. <laughs> Haven't had that happen yet for a month. <laughs> things are about to get fun in this conference, Mario. Yeah, again, you you mentioned a, a high expectation in the SEC, high expectation anytime you step on the field as a football player. And so you look at, uh, again, some fire, you said some firing may be happening. Uh, I don't know who that may be at this moment. Maybe of course, of course you do, but we're not going to say it. <laughs> but it, it is what it is, right? But you got uh, you, you just mentioned something, though, and you got an A&M team that has played – on one end, victories look good, but on the other end, you you, you can look at it and say that bubble is, is right for the bursting because they had they lost to Appalachian, they played two close game set, and then you got a Mississippi State team that they're about. You may look at it because AM has all the hype and say they're the better team, but I think Mississippi State may be the better team and should win this football game this weekend and catch an AM on the heels of a, a, a riding high on a, a come from behind victory. And a couple of close games. I just, I just think Mississippi State, they do what they're supposed to do. They can win this thing about 10 or better. Well, the line, I believe, for those who watch such things, is four. And Bet Online can help you out with that. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, I have to make my own picks. And I think I am going with uh, Mississippi State in this game. Of course, I also went with Arkansas last week. And you see how that turned out. So don't take, don't take my advice to heart if you're going to put any real money on it. <laughs> if we were Close. We both took Arkansas. We were close. Uh, I don't that count, but hey, man, you know. College kickers. Maybe this is the week we get over the hump, man. <laughs> College kickers is all I can say. And then, like you say, it's everywhere. Everybody's missing field goals, extra points, dropping punts. Crazy game these days. 
but that's what keeps it fun. Mario, it's always fun talking to you about Bulldog football. Let's hope next week we'll be talking about a Mississippi State victory over Texas A&M that gets them back on track and sets up an 11 o'clock game the next weekend with Arkansas. So for now, that's Mario and Murray and Mississippi State football here in the doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. And again, if you like what you're hearing, give us a rating on Apple Podcast. Mario, be talking to you next week. Hey, later, David, and go dogs.